Welcome to the Christ Walk Church Podcast. Got your Bible and uh, or, or maybe a smart device. Invite you to turn with me, swipe with me to the Gospel of John. It's in the New Testament. The Bible's divided up into these two big chunks. We've got the Old Testament and the New Testament. Right at the beginning of the New Testament, we've got these four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're called the Gospels because the Gospel means good news. And they're the good news because they tell the story of Jesus, and that's good news. And so we're going to look at the fourth installment of those, the Gospel of John today. We're going to actually be in two different chapters. We're going to start out in chapter 14, And then we'll swipe over or turn over to chapter 16 and we'll land there in just a moment. But go ahead and turn to John chapter 14. So we're starting off this brand new series today called Erased. And the concept of this series is simply to talk about the Holy Spirit. I know we bring up the Holy Spirit in church circles and, and we, we've, I feel like most people have a pretty good handle on who they believe God to be. And, and a lot of people, the majority of us, especially here in the Bible Belt, we've, we've heard about Jesus at least. We, we have an idea about some of the things that he taught, some of the things that he did and said. But the Holy Spirit, this kind of third aspect of the triune Godhead um, of the Trinity, it's comes off as confusing or, or spooky. And we have all these questions like, who is the Holy Spirit and what does the Holy Spirit do? And why do I need the Holy Spirit in my life? And so over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about some of this. Today, we're going to talk about the promise of the Holy Spirit. And then next week, we're going to talk about the presence of the Holy Spirit. A few weeks from now, we're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to wrap up this series by talking about the product of the Holy Spirit. Before our purposes purposes today, we're going to be talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit. And uh, uh, anybody ever, do you ever catch yourself like having insomnia, not being able to sleep or whatever, and you flip on the TV and there's like a late night infomercial on? Do you ever find yourself like getting sucked into that? Anybody? Show of hands, a few people that are willing to be honest with me. I've certainly been in that boat before. You know, and I, I was thinking back, and, and, and I've actually been sucked into to, to quite a number of these over the years. And, and even sometimes they would be on, like, I'd get up really early on Saturday morning as a kid to watch cartoons. And, like, the real TV hadn't started yet, and so there was, like, an infomercial on. And I would see, like, Suzanne Summers, you know, and she's peddling her thigh master. You know, like this butterfly, it's like blue butterfly with like a red egg in the middle and she's got it between her legs and, you know, squeezing it or whatever. And then this woman says, I never thought I'd fit into these jeans again. Thank you, thigh master. You know, or, or maybe it's, it's Ron Popeil, you know, and he's, he's, he's peddling his, his Showtime rotisserie, you know, uh, countertop set or whatever. And you guys know, just said it. And forget it. That's right, right? And, 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 uh, and then um, the Snuggie. Anybody got a Snuggie? I have a Snuggie. They call it the blanket with sleeves. I call it the backwards bathrobe. That's really what it is. Marketing genius. Hey, what if we took this bathrobe, turned it around backwards, sold it for $50? Yes. I want that guy on my team. You know, I mean, that's, that's marketing at its best. Um, Doug Lane's favorite, the Shake Weight. Um, (laughs) you can get in total, like total body fitness and look ridiculous all at the same time. Uh, the shake weight, that was a great infomercial. How about the clapper? 
You guys remember the clapper? This is like way before we were able to say, hey, Alexa, turn on the lights for me. You know, now we can say that like she's the new clapper. Back then it was clap on, clap off the clapper. And it was this old woman in bed and she'd like, you know, clap and the TV and the lights would go out and she like rolled over and got a good night's sleep. Like that was awesome. Or speaking of old women, how about the life alert? You know, (laughs) she was bringing the groceries into the kitchen and she slipped and fell. It's not funny, but it is funny. And she pushes the button and says, help, I've fallen and I can't get up. So you guys know this. Or my personal favorite, the Ginsu 2000 knives. All right, because we all need a knife that can cut through a lead pipe and then slice a tomato. Like how many, like if you're doing that in your kitchen, you may need to like, you know, go check yourself into a facility or something. I'm going to saw through this lead pipe. Oh, got to fix dinner. You know, like, but all of these things, even though their products are varied and, and you probably have your favorite infomercial, um, you know, product or whatever. And some of you might even have them in your home and props to you if you do, that's extra points today. Um, but all of these things, even though their products varied, um, they all had one thing in common. And, and, and actually, it was, it was four words in common that, that the announcer or the, the narrator, whoever, would always say. All right, they'd introduce this product, and you're like waiting with bated breath, like thinking, how much money am I going to have to spend in order to make this happen? And then they would show the price, and you'd have a minor heart attack and everything, but thinking, okay, I think I can do it. And, you know, you're crunching the budget numbers and everything. But then they said it these four words, and you couldn't get your wallet out quick enough. They said, but wait, there's more. Those are the four words. And we thought, yes, you know, mention this special code and you'll receive, you know, the European can opener for free. Act now and pay only 12 easy installments of 1999. Or this is the one that I always scratch my, scratch my head on. Call in the next 30 minutes and we'll double your order. You just pay separate shipping and handling. And I thought, how do they know if I'm calling in the next 30 minutes? Like, but there was always something extra that you could get if you got in on the deal. There was more. And you know what? It worked. We did. We got in on it. We spent money on it. So much so that now you go to stores and there's entire sections of as seen on TV products that you don't even have to call the 1-800 number anymore. You can just go to the store and buy. Like that's how much money we made these people that now they can put their products in the stores. See, we're all looking for that silver bullet to make our lives better, easier, more fulfilling. Give me more. That's what I want. I want more. And if we're honest with ourselves, we do. We want more in most every aspect of our life. We want more stuff. We want more money. We want more sex. We want more power. We want more authority. We want more recognition. Like the list is exhaustive. It could go on and on and on. In nearly every aspect of our lives, we are striving for more except for one. I see a lot of people that they're willing to settle for just mediocrity in their relationship with Jesus. We want more in all of these other areas, but for a lot of us, when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, we're willing to just accept the bare minimum, just do what it takes to just scrape by. 
And if we were honest with ourselves, I think that we could all look around this place and other churches like it all over this country, other Christians, other Christ followers, other believers, and, and we could all agree that there's something missing in our lives, something missing in the life of the church overall. And that's what this series erased is all about. Could it be that maybe inadvertently, unintentionally, we've erased the Holy Spirit from the church and from our lives as believers. Here's what Francis Chan said in his book, Forgotten God. He said, I believe that this missing something in the church is actually a missing someone, namely the Holy Spirit. Without him, people operate in their own strength and they only accomplish human-sized results. The world is not moved by love or actions that are of human creation. And the church is not empowered to live differently from any other gathering of people without the Holy Spirit. But when believers live in the power of the Spirit, the evidence in their lives is supernatural. The church cannot help but be different and the world cannot help but take notice. And as a believer... Isn't that what you truly desire? I know that as a pastor and as a believer and as the, the shepherd of this fold here, it's what I want. I want for supernatural power to be at work in my life and in the lives of the people that are a part of this church. I want this church to be set apart as different from the rest of the world around it. I want the world to then sit up and take notice about all of the things that God is doing in and through Christ walk in this community and beyond. That's what I want and what I desire. But this begs the question, if there's something else available to us beyond what we're currently experiencing, do we want it? Like if we're really presented with that question and, and we're really easy to say yes on paper, but in, in practicality and how it carries out, like is that really what we want? If there is something more that we can have, that we can attain, that we can experience, do we really want it? And we have to be careful how we answer that because when we answer yes, then it requires something different of us. We can no longer just stay in the place that we're at, but we've got to do different and be different and act different and think different and talk different. So do we really want it if there's something else, something more that is out there that is available to us? So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Here's the big idea, not just for today, but really kind of, I would say the overarching big idea of this entire series. And I've summed it up in this way. In our pursuit of God, we can either settle for mediocrity or we can strive for more. In our pursuit of God, we can either settle for mediocrity or we can strive for more. So let's break that down just a little bit. Settling for mediocrity takes on the attitude that good enough is good enough. Settling for mediocrity takes on the attitude that good enough is good enough. And that's a very, very dangerous place for you and I to be in. When we look at our relationship with Christ and we say, eh, it's good enough, that's a scary place 
But when we strive for more, that takes on the attitude that we want to experience God in the fullness of all that he is and put ourselves in a position to receive every single gift that he is willing to extend to us. And that is the position, that is the place, that is the attitude that changes the world as we know it. So in our pursuit of God, we can either settle for mediocrity or we can strive for more. So that leads us to this whole idea of the Holy Spirit, starting in John 14. And so Jesus, he, he, introduces, um, he introduces the Holy Spirit kind of to his disciples. Um, and this is one of the places that he is doing that. And the disciples, they would have been familiar with the Old Testament. They would have, have been aware of God, the Father, the patriarch. They would have understood that. And then, and then you need to realize that they were, they were looking at the son of God, Jesus, they, they saw him with their own eyes. They would have been looking at him, staring at him in the flesh. So God, the father, they knew God, the son in Jesus Christ, they knew personally in the flesh, but then Jesus, he, he kind of flips the script a little bit and he introduces this, this third piece of what we know um, as the Trinity or, or the triune Godhead. And for a lot of us, it's really kind of confusing how that all works and how it operates. And so I don't want to assume, make, make any assumptions before we go forward. So I'm not trying to like water anything down for anybody or, or be condescending. I just want to be sure that we're all on the same page going forward. Okay, And so the, the Trinity or the triune Godhead is, is, is simply this. It's that God, the God of Christianity, the God that, that we serve, the, the God that we worship in uh, and sing about in the songs that we sing about, the God of the Bible that we read about is, is one God, but present in three per persons or, or three different offices. Okay, so you've got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, there, it, it's, it's, it's not three different people. It's one God, but three different kind of operations of how God manifests himself um, on, on behalf and, and, and in the lives of believers. And the best way that I know how to explain it is this. I'm Blake. I am the husband of Sarah. I am the father of Luke and Avery. And I am the pastor of Christwalk Church. All right. I'm still just Blake. But my relationship with my wife means that I fill a certain office that I don't fill as a father and as a pastor. My relationship as a father is a different office or a different set of roles or skills that, that I fulfill that I don't necessarily as a husband or a pastor. My, my, my relationship as a pastor brings about a certain office that I feel that does not necessarily bleed over into my relationship with my wife or my relationship with my kids. It's three different offices that I hold, but it's still just one guy, Blake. Does that make sense? All right, so that's, that's maybe the best way that I can put it um, into explanation because I gotta be honest, like it's a little confusing. And so if you're confused, there's nothing wrong with you. It's confusing. And so we're gonna try to alleviate some of that confusion today and then over the next three weeks as we talk about this, all right? So let's jump in to our scripture for today. John 14, we're gonna read verses 15 through 17 and then 
verse 26. Jesus is talking to his disciples here. And he says, if you love me, obey my commandments. This is kind of a weird way to start, about, start out talking about the Holy Spirit, right? If you love me, obey my commandments. Verse 16, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. So what Jesus is saying is that if you love me and you obey my commandments, then there's, there's a promise or a gift that comes along with you doing that. So we need to understand that the Holy Spirit comes to us as followers of Christ as a result of our obedience or our surrender unto him. So if you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you and now, uh, he lives with you now and later will be in you. And so when Jesus is talking about the world here, it's not necessarily talking about just the earth as a planet. He's talking about the people of the earth who they, they have a, a specific distinction about them. They do not believe in Jesus. They have yet to surrender their lives to Christ. It's the world and the world does not, um, the world cannot receive him because it is isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him. See, these people that are in the world, they have denied the truth and therefore they cannot recognize the Holy Spirit in their lives, nor do they even know because of their denial of Jesus Christ and their denial of the truth, nor do they even know that they should be looking for the Holy Spirit. And it is impossible for us to recognize something that we are not actively looking for. So that's what's going on here. And then in verse 26, Jesus, he says, but when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I have Told you. And it's in this moment that Jesus is, in essence, communicating to his disciples, but wait, there's more. It's not just this. It's not just what you have seen and what you have witnessed and what you have experienced. Yes, that is some good stuff. But there's even more that is going to come to you, and it's going to be through this person of the Holy Spirit. Spirit, and he's going to bring about even greater revelations to you than the things that you have experienced in the presence of Jesus in the flesh. All right, are we good? Okay, let's skip over to chapter 16, John chapter 16, and we're going to start in verse 5. John chapter 16, verse 5. Jesus, continuing to talk to his disciples, says, But now I am going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I have told you. But in fact, you got to hear this. In fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate will not come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, three things are going to happen. He will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness, 
and of the coming judgment. And here's what those are. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. And judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. So what Jesus is saying right there in, in that one verse is like, I've got so much that I would like to unload on you, but it would crush you. And Jesus was limited in the time that he had with his followers. He, he just, he served in ministry for only three years before he was crucified. And so there were so many things that he was wanting to communicate. And so that's why the Holy Spirit was going to come in to continue to communicate to Christ's followers the things that he wanted to tell them then, but they weren't in a position to receive. Verse uh, 13 when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the father is mine. That is why I said the spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So there's a lot of questions that we might have out of this passage. And one that, that kind of sets it up is this question that a lot of people ask that if I have Jesus, then why do I need the Holy Spirit? What's the big deal about the Holy Spirit? If I have a relationship with Jesus, then why does the Holy Spirit even, even matter? Why does the Holy Spirit even come into play? And there, there's several answers to this question. I'd like to highlight three of them this morning. The, the first one is, is because Jesus said it would be better for us if he leaves and we have the Holy Spirit. So if Jesus says that something is better for us, then do we need another reason, right? Like that's the only reason that we need, but we're gonna look at a couple more here this morning. But Jesus, he told his disciples, he said, look, I'm going away and I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit because it's the best thing for you. And I'm sure that freaked them out. They're like, what are you talking, man? No, this can't happen he was like, look, it's better if I go away so that then the Holy Spirit can come. But if I don't go away, then the Holy Spirit can't come. So I need to go so the Holy Spirit can come because it's the best thing for you as my follower. The second thing is, is Jesus in the flesh, he came for one purpose. His mission on this earth was to come to die on the cross and then raise from the dead. And once that happened, mission accomplished. All right. He did what he was sent here to do. And so yet another reason for him to go and then bring about the Holy Spirit, because Jesus came, he died on the cross, he rose from the dead. He accomplished his earthly mission, what he was sent here to do. And then finally, Jesus, when he was on this earth, though he was 100% God, he was also 100% man. And in, in, in his acceptance of becoming 100% man, it brought about certain limitations on him as God, namely of his omnipresence. You think about the story of, of when Lazarus passes away. And Mary and Martha, they get upset with Jesus and they say, if you had been here, this wouldn't have happened. 
And see, he was 100% God at that time, but because he was 100% man, he couldn't be in two places at one time. But here's the thing about the Holy Spirit. It's available to every believer all the time, anywhere, regardless. And so for Jesus to continue to stay on this earth in the flesh, it would be limiting the work that God was wanting to do in and through the power of the Holy Spirit because Jesus in the flesh could just be with just a few people at one time because his 100% being a man limited him. And he took that on in his body to come and die on our behalf. But when he left, then the Holy Spirit can come and it can be with and in every believer simultaneously all at the same time. So what does that mean for us, right? What is, what is it that the Holy Spirit actually does? Like now that Jesus is gone and the Holy Spirit is on the scene, what is it that the Holy Spirit does? Well, this passage talks about it. The Holy Spirit brings about conviction. It convicts the world of sin. Namely, their unbelief in Jesus. It convicts the world of unrighteousness that because they have not believed in Jesus due to their, their lack of belief that they are not then saved by Christ. And so they are unrighteous. They're sinners. They have not been covered by the blood of Jesus in his sacrifice on the cross. And then finally, it convicts the world of judgment that because they have not believed and they've been called unrighteous, that due to their unrighteousness or to, to our unrighteousness, then we are judged as guilty because of the sin that we have in our lives. But it comes full circle because not only does the Holy Spirit convict us of those things, but in and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are drawn to belief in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is the one that calls us unto Jesus, constantly calls us, whispering us, pulling us in his direction. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability to admit that we are in sinners, that we are sinners in need of salvation. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability to put our belief, our faith, our hope, our trust in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to choose to surrender our lives to Jesus and live a life that is honorable and pleasing to him. And then due to our belief in Jesus, we are then made right before God underneath the blood that was shed by Christ on the cross at Calvary. That when he looks at us, he no longer sees us in our sinful state. He sees us through the lens of the blood of Jesus Christ and therefore determines that we are made righteous. And because of that righteousness, we are now no longer condemned and called guilty. Instead, we are given access through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are given access to our heavenly father and to life everlasting in heaven with him forever and ever and ever all through the work of the power of the Holy Spirit. And then beyond that, the Holy Spirit reveals to us the fullness of God through the truth of his word. That passage there in John 16, it says that the spirit would lead us into all truth, right? All. You look that up in the Greek, it means all. 
not just a partial truth, to lead us into all truth. That, that this gives us not just the truth that we need for the present, but then also the truth that we need going forward, that we don't have to stay in the place that we are right now, but that we can actually grow in our relationship with Jesus. Remember, he said, there's so many things I want to tell you, but you're not ready for it now. And so the disciples, they had to grow. But as we grow in our relationship with Christ, we can take on more and more of who he is and the fullness of God can be revealed to us. And so the Holy Spirit is with us and in us. And so it reveals to us the truth that we need now in the present. But then as we grow, it constantly peels back like layers of an onion. And we go deeper and deeper and deeper. And we learn more and more and more. And it's how we grow and develop over the life. Of, our, of, of, of us following Christ as a believer. See, here's the thing. We have a disadvantage compared to the original disciples. We didn't see Jesus in the flesh. We didn't live at that time. So for those of us who were born, you know, now, we would think, well, that's not really fair, is it? But the Holy Spirit comes in and it bridges that gap because it leads us into all truth. The Holy Spirit transcends that limitation in our lives and in our faith, and it reveals all truth to us that even though we weren't able to see Christ in the flesh, the Holy Spirit reveals the fullness of truth to us. That Christ in the flesh, the disciples, they saw it. That was 100% truth right there in front of their eyes and they could reach out and they could touch it. But for those of us who were living in 2018, we didn't have that opportunity. But the Holy Spirit reveals that to us in the fullness of all truth, everything in the personhood of who Jesus is and was through the word of God. That's why the Holy Spirit has come to us. But the question is, is this what we want? Is this what we're really looking for? And sadly, I look across the landscape of the church and the landscape of, of Christ followers, so-called today, and I see many of them saying, no. I mean, like on paper, it's what we want. But in practicality, and like real talk, no. Good enough is good enough. See, do we merely want to operate in our own strength? Or are we looking for something greater? Do we just want to achieve human-sized results? Or are we looking for something bigger? Because here's the deal. In our pursuit of God, we will either settle for mediocrity or strive for more. There is no in-between. It's one or the other. We get to choose but I can let you know what God's looking for. God is looking for a people that will pursue him with all they are in order to receive all he is in return. God is looking for a people that will pursue him with all they are, every single fiber of their being. Pursue him with all they are so that he can then in turn give them all that 
he is. And if you and I will do that, our lives will be changed forever. Your marriage will be different. Your parenting will be different. Your friendships will be different. Your finances will be different. Your, your job will be different. Your, your thoughts and your words and your actions, all of that will be different. It will be forever changed. This church will be changed forever. It won't look the same. The way that it is right now, we'll be able to put that in the past. And God has so much more in the chapters yet to come. If we'll just pursue him with all that we are, we can see him in the fullness of everything that he wants to do in and through this house. Man, if we did that, this community around us, it would never be the same. Think about all the gripes and the complaints that you have about the place that you live. And which is crazy to me because I drive over this bridge every morning and I'm like, people hate me. Like other pastors that I know, they hate me because I'm here. They're like, where's your church? Fernandina Beach, Florida on Amelia Island. The conversation typically ends there. Like they just walk on. They don't want to hear any more about it. But you and I, we live here. We've got gripes and complaints. Think about if all of those were eradicated. It's possible. If you and I will surrender ourselves to a full on with a reckless abandoned pursuit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It can change not just us, not just this church, but this community. If we did that, I can guarantee you our city will never be the same. Never. It will never be the same. Yes, it was founded on pirating and looting and rape and plundering and drunkenness. We can put all that in the past. If you and I would get a hold of the pursuit of the Holy Spirit in our life. We can rise above all of that and everything. Our life, this world as we know it would be completely and radically changed because you and I made a decision to pursue Christ and his Holy Spirit with everything that we have. And my prayer for this church is that that's the kind of church that we'll be. My prayer for this church is that it will be filled full of people who will pursue God for all that he is with all that they are. So if that's something that you can get on board with, here's what I want you to do. I want, I want you to stand up. We're gonna sing this song. If you can get on board with inviting God to fill your heart and fill your life and fill this place so that it overflows into the community around us. That if you can get on board with being a part of a church that says we're going to stop at nothing in our pursuit of the Holy Spirit and his work in our lives. And let's stand and let's worship together. Thank you for listening to the Christ Walk Podcast. For more information about Christ Walk Church, please visit thechristwalk.com.